Welcome back to the Dealmakers Podcast Show with serial entrepreneur Alejandro Cremades, best-selling author of The Art of Startup Fundraising and co-founder at Panthera Advisors. In this podcast, we ask our guests about their successful acquisitions and financing rounds. Hey guys, this podcast episode is brought to you by our sponsor, St. Gaster. So are you looking at getting your product into the hands of the right people, the people that are going to absolutely love it? Did you know that podcast advertising is literally 4.4 times more effective than the traditional display type of advertising? So if you're looking at really using podcast advertising, you may want to connect with Sencaster. So they've created this thing. It's called the Sencaster Podcast Marketplace, where you can connect as a brand or a company with the right type of creators. And again, you know, via Sencaster, you can connect with people like myself, where essentially we are putting ads of the brands and the companies that we absolutely love. So again, if you are interested in doing this, just go to sen.ai forward slash dealmakers1, and that is a number one. And again, the team at Sencaster will be able to guide you in the right direction. All righty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dealmaker Show. So I'm very excited about our guest today. We're going to be talking a lot about the healthcare, you know, side of things. So I think that we're going to be learning a lot about, you know, going from being a doctor to being a founder to now scaling, you know, and, and building and, and making things happen. So I guess you name it. So I guess without further ado, let's welcome our guest today, Angus Tran. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So originally born in Vietnam. But eventually you were shipped to Australia by your parents. So give us a walk through memory lane. How was life growing up? You know, life growing up was, um, was very fun in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam, a uh, family of two math teachers. And uh, my parents was very uh, focused on um, learning and development growing up, as you would imagine, being two math teachers. My dad has always been a bit of a tinkerer. Uh, even though he's a math teacher, he, he liked computer science. Uh, one of our uncle from France actually shipped us a, uh, a early computer. And with that, my dad learned a lot about computing. So he, he taught me a lot about that. He actually wrote a bunch of books about programming in Pascal. So growing up, always tinkering, always learn about programming. Um, and, and that's, you know, what that childhood looked like, you know, always making things. Um, and, you know, I think uh, during that time in Vietnam, one of the things that I also get to see was the health system in uh, Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. So I was sick when I was a child for various uh, illnesses and I always end up in the hospital. And when I was there, I, I really see the stark differences uh, in terms of what um, healthcare system of the world was really looking like. Um, and what really struck me at the time was it's not really about the lack of resources. You know, it's, if, if we want to, we can build a hospital. We can put more machine in that hospital. And then that's what I was seeing. You know, we could go to private hospital and, and pay extra for quite good facility. But at the same time, the, the thing that was really lacking was the human element. There was just not enough good doctors around. Um, and, and that was the experience growing up for me, you know, uh, born between technology and healthcare. Um, and and that's, that's what led me to, uh, to Sydney uh, with, with that background in mind. So how was uh, then uh, studying to become a doctor? Because, uh, and also like why? you know, becoming a doctor? I mean, how, how, do you, how do you get to that point? Yeah, you know, I, I was doing uh, okay at school here in, in, in Sydney, Australia. And, you know, I was at the point where I was thinking about what I should do with my life, you know, like any, you know, 17, 18-year-old kid would uh, at the time. 
um, I was quite dead set on becoming an engineer. I always been a, a builder. I like to make things. Uh, so I thought software engineering is as good as anything because, you know, it was very magical, right? You can make something out of nothing. Uh, you don't need to, to, to have any material, you know, with just your mind, you can create whatever it is you can dream of. And at the time, I was quite dead set on that, but I was quite lucky to connect with Mr. Paul Ramsey. Um, so Paul Ramsey is one of the most wealthy uh, Australian. Uh, he, he found Ramsey Healthcare, which is a large private hospital group, 500 hospital across the world. And what Paul told me was, you know, Angus, what do you want to, to build with software engineering? Uh, right? You need to have a purpose, uh, what you want to do for the world. And I said, I actually don't know yet. You know, I'm, I'm 18. You know, I, I haven't seen enough of the world yet to understand. And that's when he reminded me of, you know, uh, don't, don't you think the health system of the world um, is a worthwhile thing for you to focus your time on? Uh, and I said, you know, that you're 100% right. You know, health is one of the biggest problems of our time with the aging population. Um, and recent event, we're really reminded on how fragile our health system really is. Uh, yet we are solving health with some of the least scalable technology, and that's the human. Uh, training people to do things is one of the least scalable technology that we've, that civilization possess. Uh, but so we're solving something so big with something that is so unscalable. So that's why I, I decided to, to study medicine. Uh, I got to University of New South Wales in Sydney and uh, spent six years undergrad program to learn to become a doctor. So that's the journey of how a kid in, in Vietnam uh, who was into technology ended up being a, a doc, studying to be a doctor in Sydney. And what is it like to become a doctor there in Australia? You know, I think the the, the health system here in Australia is, um, I, I believe, um, is a bit biased, but it's one of the best in the world. Um, it is funded by the government, um, and the health uh, facility here is really fantastic. Uh, we also have some of the best um, hospital and specialists in the world. Uh, so learning to be a doctor in Australia was such an eye-opening experience. Um, I get to learn what modern medicine really is, some of the most advanced treatment, uh, some most cutting-edge technology, and, and, and that is you know, some of the best time you know, going um, in, in Australia to learn about all of that. I really fall in love with medicine, uh, the human nature of it, being in the hospital in Sydney and, and sitting at the bedside with the patient, uh, being in the surgical theaters and, and see uh, amazing surgery being done, some, some surgical procedures only being done in Australia. Uh, so, so it was fascinating uh, learning uh, medicine, but at the same time, every holiday, because my family was still in Ho Chi Minh City. So um, when, when school was over for the year, you know, I didn't get to travel much. I go home and, and spend time with, with parents and family. I also spent time in hospital in Vietnam during, during the holiday and doing some more learning. But at the same time, and, and during that experience, um, I really saw the differences between health system in Vietnam and health system in Australia. Uh, and the differences uh, was really around the, the capacity of, of doctors, how, how many skilled condition is really there. Uh, what I was seeing in Vietnam is that people was not really dying or, or suffering from you know, the, the weird and wonderful disease that you see in Grey Anatomy at Dr. House. You know? yeah. uh, people were suffering from basic things like pneumonia, heart failures, uh, stuff that you know uh, I learned within a couple of years of med school on how to treat and manage, but uh, the really the big challenges is there's not enough facility uh, capacity to look after them properly, so people show up with really severe illnesses. And after a couple of years of that back and forth journey in Vietnam and Australia and seeing that contrast, 
I start to realize that medicine is not about doing heroic thing. It's about doing very simple thing, but doing it perfectly and doing it consistently day in and day out for everybody. Um, so that really changed my mindset, you know, which is medicine is not a, a career. It's a skill, right? I'm, I'm here learning about medicine and I'm, I'm destined to do something with it very differently to, to practicing medicine. Now, in your case, I mean, you went at it right away. I mean, you started a company right there when, 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 when you were still in university. So what, what did you do there? Yeah, you know, when, when, you are, when you're 18, 19, and, and you just finished um, high school, and in, in Australia we call it high school, I, I was done with studying at the time, I must be honest. So I was, was going to a lot of uh, parties with friends. Um, and at the time, you know, we I was making a bit of uh, pocket money on the side, uh, being selling tickets to this event. Uh, and I realized that, you know, why, why don't I automate all of this? You know, when, when I was younger, um, I never liked to do anything repetitive. I would rather spend an hour building a tool that ob obsolete the task. So I'd never need to do it again, even though the task only take like five minutes, right? So um, uh, with a couple of friends in, in university, um, I think US, we call college. Um, I, um, I, I build a smartphone apps that allow people to purchase tickets to events and parties. And the unique thing about the app is that allow you to see who else has already purchased the ticket. That's verified by payment. So at the time, people was clicking, you know, I'm going to a party on Facebook, but they weren't really showing up, so people wouldn't really go. So I, I figured that if, if I can show people proof that other friends are, are going, they, they would buy the ticket and, and they would earn a commission from that. Uh, so it was a fun experience. It was a, a nice uh, technology. Uh, we built it in, in a dorm room with a couple of friends. Um, but, uh, you know, and we ran that for about a year and a bit. It taught me a whole lot about entrepreneurship and what it means to start a business, uh, working inside of a team, um, and also the, the world of venture capital. Um, you know, got a lot of um, uh, situation where I got turned down that got told it wasn't a very good idea. And, and, and that, that was a very humbling experience as well. Whatever happened with the company? The, the, the other co-founder is still running it, uh, as far as I believe, uh, as far as I know, and, um, and, and they're still going. But ultimately, I realized that, uh, you know, selling tickets to party was not why I, I end up in Australia and why I get into medicine. Uh, so I, I, I moved on and, uh, and, and pursue other opportunities. So what did you do next? Well, you know, so, um, you know, had, had, a bit of, um, had a bit of time after starting that business. Um, refocused my mind. Medicine need to pass, need to pass the, the medical school. After all, it's a very tough uh, course. Uh, so kind of hunker down and study. But at the same time, during around this time, there was a lot of breakthrough in AI and machine learning. So every day I would get online and I would see um, DeepMind beating Lisodo and AlphaGo. I would see uh, IBM beating uh, Ken Jennings uh, in Jeopardy. Um, and uh, you, uh, just going back to my uh, childhood, growing, I was working on computer science. I was going to coding competition. And some of the thing I was building at the time was AI, you know, very crudimental AI early days, right? A uh, little chess engine that I built that beat me. Um, I would build software that do speech recognition. But this is very early days, right? And when I see this news, uh, being studying medicine at the time, I was like, wow, like software didn't do this five years ago. Something fundamental has happened for this breakthrough to happen. And, and it was, right? Um, machine learning was really taking off. It was really a new thing. 
and for the very first time I see that glimpse like this is the technology that you know humanity needed right this is an infinitely scalable technology that can scale inside right scale intuitions and that's what I was seeing as the gap in healthcare we didn't have enough capacity of good people um so I was fascinated you know I went online uh look at uh, Udemy which is an online learning course I searched for AI and machine learning and hit on uh, the first link I can find it was on this Canada town, uh, $15 apparently for one hour only. But apparently yesterday I checked it, it was still $15. So it was a bit of a, bit of a scam. But yeah, I, I just dive into it, you know, head in and, and spend the summer. I just learned, you know, re, re-energizing my passion on software engineering, uh, learned about machine learning and deep learning and eventually got quite good at it. Um, so that's, that's kind of how I, uh, that's what I, I dived into after my my, my startup in uh, early days of uni, and you know eventually competing in a lot of online AI competition like Kaggle's was doing quite well. You know was was always consistently in in the top um, of those leaderboard. Um, yeah, and, and and that's how I got into machine learning. So then let's talk about your 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 next business. You know, which is the uh, your 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 current baby and uh, definitely a rocket ship. So. So what what happened? How did you guys come about, you know, with Harrison AI and and also building it with your brother? Yeah, you know, um, to to understand the uh, the founding of Harrison, you know, we we must talk about um, the IVF technology, IV, because that really informed our business model and and how we come about what we did. Uh, so in the final year of medical school, I was doing a pediatric rotation at the Sydney Children's Hospital. hospital. And one of the professors actually came and gave a talk about IVF. Um, and he put up on the screen this time-lapse video of human embryos. So imagine your smartphone, you have the time-lapse functions, accept this time-lapse camera, sit inside an embryo incubator for five days. Um, and there's this very long, five-day-long time-lapse film of an embryo dividing from one cell to two cell to four cell to eight cells. And at the end of that process, some poor doctors or embryologists need to look at it and say, is this embryo going to give uh, the parent baby? Is this going to uh, survive? And that's a very hard task. So during this time when I was very interested in machine learning and, and deep learning, um, you know, I, I went up to the professor and said, I think I can build a technology that fully automate this. And I think it's going to do a lot better than what the doctors is doing today. Uh, so he was a bit like, you know, a bit crazy medical student. What's, what's he talking about, you know? Uh, but I went and, and, and talked to them uh, in the lab, uh, really understand the workflow. Um, and with, uh, and it's called Virtus Health, which is uh, one of the largest IVF group here in Australia. Uh, and next thing I know, within a year, we collaborated, um, myself and Virtus, uh, to build a technology that can look at this time-lapse video and decide if the embryo is likely to survive or not. Um, and a couple of months after that, we rolled that out into all of the clinics in Australia. And today, still going to select thousands of embryos a year uh, and help parents get pregnant. So within a year, um, I got a report back and it said that within that year, I touched 2,000 couple. 2,000 couple benefited from the technology. Um, and, and that's like a light bulb moment for me, right? I was like, ecstatic. You know, this is exactly what I wanted to do when I started medicine. Something that completely um, changed the cost economic as well as the paradigm of what practicing medicine really looked like. And that is really 
um, the early conceptions of Harrison, uh, excuse the pun, you know, not because we're talking about IVF, is the combinations of uh, large representative data set, clinical insight, with machine learning and AI, you can build this great technology that really empower clinicians to do more. And that's how we started Harrison. So at the time, you know, I didn't, in, wasn't very savvy in, in, in business. So I, I, I pulled my brother, Dimitri. Um, at the time, he was working at Ramsey Healthcare as a head of innovation, uh, looking after a very big innovation program at Ramsey. Uh, and together, we, we've started Harrison with the mission to scale the global capacity of healthcare. And the way that we know that we have achieved that in the next five years is if a million patients per day benefited from a combination of own technology that we built. Hey guys, so pardon the interruption here. I gotta tell you that, you know, for those of you that are either looking to raise money or you're looking to get your company acquired, you don't have to be alone. You know, there's a lot of psychology that needs to be blended with strategy, with methodology, with process. And it's very hard and already doing your business alone is super, super difficult. So I remember, you know, back when I was an entrepreneur, I kept really experiencing the challenge of either knowing or finding the right type of access to the right type of investors or really understanding what was the right type of guidance, you know, that would carry me through the process, whether it was with seeking money or with going through the acquisition. So that gap that I found being an entrepreneur is ultimately what pushed me later on when I met my co-founder at Pantera, Mike Sieversen, to really put together an advisory firm where we are guiding entrepreneurs and founding teams through the capital raising efforts, whether you are at a seed stage or at a series A stage, or if you are going through the process of an acquisition and you are in small to mid cap type of cycle. So again, you know, we would help you from guiding you and, and supporting you from A to C all the way to the end as an extension of your team. And there's no reason for you to do this alone. So with that being said, if you would like to find out more, feel free to send me an email at alejandro at panteraadvisors.com and we would love to take a look at helping you out. How is it, by the way, starting a business with your brother? Well, you know, um, it's one of the best things uh, we've done um, as, as, a, as, a, as brothers. There's a lot of uh, characteristics that you come to mind when you think about a co-founder of a business. You know, kind of um, absolute trust, transparency, and communication, and willingness to spend a lot of time together. Um, and, you know, if you think about it, doing it with your brothers is really take a lot of the boxes. Uh, don't, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, we, we are brothers. We are siblings. So, uh, you know, we uh, we fight sometimes. Uh, but but as as brothers, you know, and um, and the... And the focus has always been um, on that shared mission. So, um, you know, I, I see it as a win. <laughs> so to spend so much time with family, uh, doing impactful work, um, and have that, that feeling of trust all along the way. I love that. Now, uh, for Harrison, what ended up being the business model? Because you guys have, like, different, you have Annalise, you have Franklin. Yeah. I mean, what ended up being the business model? So Harrison, our model is to build ventures and the ventures build great technology that scale healthcare. So the way that that works is that um, each time we build a product or new ventures, there's quite a lot of reusability. So the same AI um, system that look at chest X-ray, 
there's about 70% overlap in terms of the underlying infrastructure and technology to an AI that look at prostate biopsy. And therefore, you know, instead of building this product as a standalone, um, it's better to build Harrison as a platform that have a set of IP and technology that will allow each of the ventures to build AI as microvite at speed and scale. So that's one layer at Harrison. The second layer at Harrison is a suite of partners. Um, so this is where Dimitri experience really comes in. Uh, we know that to build AI at scale, you really need um, a lot of data, but also great platform to test and try your technology. So therefore, one of the things that Harrison does is we form joint venture partnership with some of the world's largest health provider. So in um, so that include IMED, which is a, med a medical imaging company here in Australia. They are probably the world's third or fourth largest company in radiology. In pathology, we, uh, we partner with Sonic Healthcare, which is you know one of the largest um, pathology service provider in the state, but also in Australia and Europe as well. So this kind of combination between Harrison Technology Platform and at scale data and clinical insight from our partners allow each of these ventures to to leapfrog the competition and and build product very rapidly and at scale. And in terms of um, capitalizing, you know, it's a very interesting uh, way of doing it because it's not like you're raising money for like one entity and that one entity is just doing one single thing. It's like you have like this umbrella and this umbrella is, you know, like now you have like two different initiatives going on in parallel. So how do you go about capitalizing? At Harrison, we, uh, we are a venture-backed company. Harrison is backed by two group of investors. So the first group are international ventures investors. So uh, on our cap table are uh, Skip Capital, which is the family office of uh, Scott Fakwa from Alassian and Kim Jackson. Uh, we also backed by Horizon Venture, some of, uh, one of the most impactful AI investors in the world. They back DeepMind and, and Zoom and Waze. Um, and Blackbird, which is a large Australian, one of the largest Australian uh, venture capital firm. On the other side, we also back um, by our clinical partners. So a clinical partner also invests in Harrison, um, uh, coincide with forming this entity and this partnership. So we have IMED and Sonic also on our cap table. And the, the goal is for Harrison to, like you said, fund the development and growth of each of the venture. Uh, but also we have co-investment from, from our clinical partners as well to make that successful. We see um, this as a very efficient model uh, because at Harrison, we can develop many of the share technology, share knowledge and know-how, um, as well as a set of share services to support these ventures. Uh, therefore, you know, our ventures can operate like an at-scale business, even uh, on the early days when we first launch it. And one of the things I like to highlight on, on the way we've done this and the capitalization strategy, as well as the, the, the benefit of this, is that it's important to remember there's no such thing as MVP in medicine. You know, as entrepreneur, you always like to say, you know, keep it lean, build a minimum, get it out, iterate, and then we'll see. I mean, that, that's been a mantra for entrepreneurs all across the world. Well, last decade or so, but you know, I would like to ask, like, how how was anyone like a, an MVP penicillin or an, an MVP um, robotic surgery? No one wants that in medicine. It's it's a high risk uh, environment, and and you need a, a amount of critical scale and functionality and and clinical evidence for that to work. And that means is that every medical device company, AI or otherwise, 
need to raise at least $100 million for it to work, uh, to invest in, into making it happen. And we see, you know, AI is no different. It's not an exception to that. So our structure and our platform has enabled us to very efficiently accelerate our venture to scale uh, rather than building very narrow and minimal product, which is what we've been seeing so And in terms of going out to investors, I mean, how how is the pitch? Because, I mean, obviously the pitch of just one single thing is, is easy, right? Or easier. It's never easy, but at least it's easier. Like when you have all these different things going around at the same time, I mean, it's it's a little bit more complex, you know, to really show them so that, you know, they don't see that you're all over the place so that they see that the team is focused on execution and all of that stuff. So how do you avoid, you know, having investors think that you guys are too distracted or spread too thin? I mean, in terms of the, the trajectory and timeline, um, in, in 2020, uh, we started Analyse and we've been executing on that for close to two years. Um, and the, the goal is to really demonstrate traction and clarity in execution, showing the benefit of the Harrison platform in Analyse as the first milestone. And so far, that has resonated really well with the investors all across the world because Analyse now is a category leader in a giant market, which is AI in radiology. Um, in a couple of years, we, we've been able to build a hundred uh, findings algorithm when other competition have only done a few. Um, and only um, December um, 2021 last year, uh, we announced a new partnership in pathology. So it's been a, a sequential execution for Harrison. And the pathology business has really been an addition to the Harrison story rather than something that we've, we've started from day one. Uh, so that's how we've been uh, telling that story at Harrison, which is great execution and traction uh, in analyse, building up the Harrison platform and technology, which allow us to scale the next venture. In the next coming few years, we plan to spin up another ventures in the third and the fourth vertical, but there's going to be milestone along the way that we'll be able to show. Um, and I think that um, it's certainly not the, your usual startup, right, with one product, uh, one set of value proposition. Uh, but we believe that um, uh, it's just as uh, functional as it needs to be uh, and no more. So it's no more complicated than it really needed to be. Um, and we see that the ventures investors across the world and the clinical partners like Sonic and IMED resonate really well with this story. And that's why you know, we, we've been able to, to, to grow so quickly so far. Now, as you're talking about vision here, imagine you go to sleep tonight. And you wake up in a world where the future or the vision of Harrison is fully realized. What does that world look like? You know, I, I always dream about this, uh, which is when, uh, let's just say a, uh, uh, a man in, 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 or a woman in Vietnam uh, go and have a chest x-ray done. Uh, one of our ventures, Annalise, will have a technology to help catch that lung nodules, lung cancer on that chest x-ray that maybe the radiologist would have missed. Uh, when they go and get that lung cancer biopsy, perhaps a AI in the Franklin Ventures would help the pathologist in diagnosing, staging, and managing that lung cancer under the microscope. And eventually, when they go up and, and get radiation oncology, the, the treatment, another AI in our third ventures in that space um, will help with the treatment of that as well. So I really see AI uh, changing the face of medicine, uh, really scaling the capacity of human um, doctors uh, and allow us to do more with, with the resource that we do have. 
So if if that's the case, then uh, and I felt that's a life well lived for me and and a lot of other team members in Harrison. So three things here, you know, like to or or two things to really understand the the scope and size. So one, I think, would be great to understand what's the total amount raised, you know, with the right type of conversion into dollars because of the 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 Australian, you know, a currency. Uh, and then the other thing I think would be great, you know, anything that you could share with the listeners in terms of maybe number of employees or anything else that you feel, you know, comfortable sharing. Yeah, so for sure. So Harrison, so far, we've raised uh, 110 um, US million to date. Um, and that uh, across the two rounds we did. And like I shared, as a mix between the ventures investors um, and our clinical partner, Harrison, across the group, uh, so far, if you count Harrison, Annalise, and Franklin, uh, is north of 200 employees now. Um, and we spread across Australia, but also starting to have a presence in the UK, the US um, as well. So, um, and uh, that's where our commercial team is based, but most of our development happens in Australia. Um, where, what are we looking to do with this capital? Uh, so as you know, in December, that was our Serie B, one of the largest Serie B. Uh, done in, in, in Australia. It was a sizable round uh, with the returning of all of our ventures capital as well as welcoming Sonic onto our cap table. Um, the vision there is, number one, to fund Franklin, which is the new business, and to accelerate uh, the pathology AI industry. But number two is to allow analysts to scale into even more product, uh, getting a regulatory approval and uh, go to market, scaling our revenue aggressively. Um, so in 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 uh, in the next few years, you know what you would see uh, in terms of the milestone for Harrison uh, with this capital is regulatory clearance of some of our flagship product in radiology for chest X-ray and CT brain. We already get clearance here for the rest of the world in Australia and Europe for hundreds of clinical indication per product, but we are attacking the U.S. market with U.S. FDA clearance. Uh, we got our first FDA clearance a couple of months ago, but we're looking to scale that. The second milestone is going to be uh, about the uh, pathology arm. Uh, we're aiming to release the first product in about 18 months. Uh, and, and that is the, to demonstrate the scalability of the Harrison platform and that reusability and how efficient we can use the capital to, to build another ventures. From a Harrison perspective, if you, you zoom out, uh, we aim to also spin up a third vertical in the coming years. Uh, we, we're still uh, figuring out what that vertical would be. Uh, but once again, it will be highly impactful and reuse a lot of the share learning at the Harrison level. Now, imagine I put you and into a, into a time machine and I bring you back in time. And I bring you back to that point where you were still in university and maybe thinking about launching something of your own. <clears throat> imagine you had the opportunity of of having that younger self, and let's say for a second that that younger self was listening, because we know that when we're young, we don't listen, right? But uh, let's say that you were listening, and, and you, were, you had the opportunity of really sharing one piece of advice before launching a company. What would that be and why, given what you know now? I think that um, if I, I were able to talk to myself uh, when I was in university and we just started business, I would say to my younger self that it's all about people. Um, the younger Angus was a, a builder, as I share. I like to make things. And in the early days, you know, as, um, as founders of a deep tech business, a lot of what you do is, is build things, make things. 
but as we scale now beyond uh, the uh, friends and family size to uh, tribe size, and now hundreds of people all across the world in the Harrison group, every day very impressed with the level of skill and dedication that our team is bringing to the table. Uh, so I more and more realized that you know, it's about creating the right environment uh, for some of the smartest people I know to do their life best work at Harrison. Um, so that, that would be the one piece of advice I would give, which is um, you know, focusing on building uh, an incredible team, make sure that they have the right environment to succeed. And that's what's going to take us beyond you know, the proof of concept um, and into an international market. Amazing. So, Angus, for the people that are listening, what is the best way for them to reach out and say hi? Please contact me in the uh, Harrison website, harrison.ai. There's a, uh, there's a page to about to reach out to us and uh, we'd love to connect and learn about um, interest in healthcare AI. Amazing. Well, Angus, thank you so, so much for being on the Dealmaker Show today. It has been an honor to have you with us. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. If you like the show, make sure that you hit that subscribe button. If you could leave a review as well, that would be fantastic. And if you got any value, either from this episode or from the show itself, share it with a friend. Perhaps they also appreciate it. So also remember that if you need any help, whether it is with your fundraising efforts or with selling your business, you can reach me at alejandro at pantheraadvisors.com. You've reached the end of another episode of the Dealmakers Podcast. For free resources and materials, head over to alejandrocremades.com. Thank you for listening and see you at the next episode.